All right, welcome to the Romero Records podcast, and today we have on Sage Bender, right? Yeah. All right, Sage Bender, um, you are a 32-time world champion. <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, you can go ahead and, uh, I guess, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself, um, you know, whatever martial arts you've been into, I guess, um, you know, how you started. Let's, let's go with how you started first. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I'm Sage Bender, I'm a Memphis, Memphis original, and... Uh, when I was younger, I'm, I'm half Japanese, so my mom grew up in Tokyo, so it's, martial arts was a big thing for her. So I was like maybe five, six years old, and she's like, man, I want to put you in Taekwondo. And I was like, oh, sweet, you know, I get to kick, I get to do all this crazy kid stuff. And uh, and like nine, ten years old, she, you know, I'd been doing it for about three years consecutively, and she was like, man, this is a joke, you know, we, <laughs> we need to put you in a real sport. And she, she found out about this guy named Joel Gingry, and he was a former Navy SEAL, and he had this great jiu-jitsu program out in Memphis, and uh, so she was like, man, we're going to try this out. So I'm like nine years old, and, you know, I, I jump into it, and, man, I, I hated it. You know, it's, like, <laughs> you know it, it, it's, a, it's a brutal reality because jiu-jitsu, yeah. it's called Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and it's a mix of, like, judo, wrestling, and submission grappling. So you're working to, you know, take them to the ground, pin them, and submit them, and, you know, as, as a nine-year-old kid, most of these kids been doing it for a couple of years, and just a little bit of jiu-jitsu can just, like, terrorize anybody that doesn't know how to fight. Mm, and so, okay. as a kid, and, you know, I, you know, I had an ego as a little kid, so I was like, man, you know, I don't like this. And so... Did it for a couple of years, and then I was like, Mom, you know, I really want to get out of this. I really want to quit. And she's like, oh, no, you're not going anywhere. You're, <laughs> you're going to stick with this. And so, you know... I stuck with it and you know I had these kids that would always beat me consecutively and uh, I, I started working on it I started getting more devoted I started doing private lessons and you know and then I started improving you know I started you know making an edge on these kids to the point where I could beat them and then then I saw like what was possible when you start to really try you know and that was my beginning of like understanding that hard work equals you know results and Absolutely. that was you know a really young age and so it was it was like a wake-up call and you know jiu-jitsu is a discipline thing you know you show up there almost every day you know at least every day during the week and my mom man she was she was my powerpoint she'd drive me there every single day watch me in class go home and just critique me you know and so you know i did that every single day i started competing around 12 13 you know and I she'd drive me everywhere, you know, Nashville, Atlanta, all the all the local tournaments and you know, my first big tournament was uh Kids Pan Am. So it's Pan Americans. It's it's a really big competition for kids and you know. So what is Pan American? Um so Jiu-Jitsu has like four or five major tournaments a year. It's uh Worlds uh, which is your world championships and okay. that's that's the biggest deal to jiu-jitsu because you have to have like certain points to qualify to even compete and you get points by competing in competitions and gotcha. then you have pan americans or pan ams uh it's it's all these go down in california and it's basically kind of like worlds but it's a little smaller scale but it's still one of the major jiu-jitsu titles you can hold and then after that is you have the equivalent of Nogi Pan Ams that goes down to New York City, um, okay. and then you have Nogi Worlds, which is so gi. Or uh, Nogi is just like you have like a rash guard and shorts, and you know you're grappling. It's more like a wrestling submission grappling type, whereas the gi is you have that kimono, you know you see, yeah. 
and you do a lot of like it's a lot more controlling and you see a lot more incorporation of like judo and just control you know because you have these lapels and you can just grip them and like pin someone down really hard yeah so you have you have those competitions so then in the same way they don't have as many opportunities for kids but they had kids pan ams so my mom was like man let's go out to california you know and so i went out there and you know i i got crushed you know i did really <laughs> great the first first round you know i remember this kid from great britain he came in you know and i i just went at it and i was going ham you know and i i beat him in the end like it was a really close match like got the got the advantage you know you you can win by points mm-hmm. or a submission you know you tap them out and so i was it was like a tie score and you know i was holding on to a submission the entire time and then like I got up in the end, the timer went off, and then he gave me an advantage, and, you know, I won the match, and I felt like a superhero, you know, and and then the next round, you know, I fought hard, but I couldn't do it, so I placed mm-hmm. bronze, and, you know, so third place wasn't what I wanted, but yeah. it was it was my first experience in the That's big kid. still really you know? good. Right, and, you know, there's not a lot of people from Memphis that, you know, do yeah. the jiu-jitsu scene, um, and so a good friend of mine, Gabe Geyser, you know, he grew up training with me at the same time, and he was our first, like, kids pan am gold medalist you know he was he was the star of the show and so you know he was like an inspiration to help me out there and then you know i started competing more and more you know 14 15 hit around i started to really hit my wave and then people started to recognize potential so i you know i started training more and more and then this is the point where my mom was like okay this is a little too much because still asian so there's still school you know yeah, like yeah. i i was just i wanted to be in i was about gym. to ask you about right that. i was like where does school come <laughs> and you know i would be traveling almost every weekend and you know my friends i was homeschooled you know all my life and me i have two older sisters and my mom always gave us opportunity to be homeschooled so we could do whatever we wanted okay you know and so i was like man you know jujitsu is going to be my lingo and so I was doing it more and more, and, you know, it started to create friction between me and my mom because she's like, you have to do this school. And, you know, I'd, I'd like, I'd like basically BS answers in school and just use Google mm-hmm. and, you know, the the positives and negatives of homeschooling, you know, and I was, I was just doing anything to get in that gym. Yeah. And, you know, Joel Gingery, man, he, he took me in. He started working with me, and we do private lessons, like, every single week. And he he was, like, fine-tuning details. He His, his big thing was, like, you know, do 10,000 repetitions and you can begin to create patterns. Mm. And so, you know, it would be these basic, basic fundamentals. You know, fundamentals is the most important thing to jiu-jitsu. The sport's evolving now, so there's a lot of high-tech, you know, high-end competitors, grapplers, and it's really breaking into the submission sport rectum. But the thing is, is that when it was back then, it was really fundamentally orientated. And uh-huh. if you don't have your fundamentals down, you're not going to get anywhere. And so, you know, I had an advantage to start at a young age and Joel just made the fundamentals my foundation. And so when I became like 16, 17, I had a very like athletically blessed body. You know, yeah. some people, their body shapes just naturally work better in jiu-jitsu. You know, you have the heavyweights and you have the lightweights and lightweights yeah. are usually more active and you do a lot of like inverted games. So you go underneath people a lot and you can like fit your bodies into weird little positions and just use Kazushi, you know, you're you're using body disbalance, you're using mm-hmm. their weight, and it's just pushing them right into the next move. And so I started to develop my own game. I did stuff called Barambolos, you know, like high tech, you know, very detail orientated uh, moves. And it's not a game that's very like widely known to a lot of people because it takes a lot of like skill to kind of warrant 
what you're doing. And so then I started developing my own game. I took Joel's fundamentals and then I started developing my own, you know, how I wanted to fight. And then, you know, 16 years old, I, you know, there's Joel told me, Hey, you know, I'm going to Nogi worlds. Do you want to come? And, you know, it's by far the biggest competition I've ever done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't feel that I'm ready, but I, I want to give it, I want to give him my all, you know, and so that's a leap. I was like, you know, I was like, all right, let's do this. You know, 16 years old. I think I can do this. And, you know, I go out there and, you know, we fly out there and uh, I was with Joel and, you know, a couple of my teammates and we were just, you know, just taking it by flow, had mm -hmm. to cut some weight. And, you know, what are you what are you uh, competing at? Uh, as a weight class, we go. Um, different weight classes. I usually compete like 145 to 155 around uh -huh. there. And each, like with no gi and gi, there's like different weight classes. So it'd be like light or like feather. What do you walk around as? Uh, normally I walk around like 145. And oh, then, so it's not that bad. Yeah. And so normally you want to be at like the top of your weight class. So like uh, when I was 16, they do something called the juvenile bracket, which is like mm. a teens only division. You're still worlds. You're still, you know, competing at the world level, but it's just you get to fight against teams, which actually sucks worse <laughs> because teams are more active. They can they they just naturally they're more gifted and they have the ability to just process things faster. They don't have as much responsibility. You know, you don't have a job you have to do most of the time. These parents pay for everything. So it's actually harder to fight kids. Mm. I, I would much rather fight an adult, you know, who I know isn't training as much, you know. And <laughs> so it's easy, you know. And, and so I was like, man, you know, I got this tough bracket. And I looked at the weight class because I was 145. So I said, well, I can do this 130 to 145 division because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I have 145. If you can be at the top of your weight class, you're usually at the best advantage. So, you know, okay. I registered and then I realized there was nobody in my bracket. And so I was like, dang, I got to move up. And so it was like, and I had already started like going down in weight. So I think I was sitting at like 140. And then um, I like, you get pre-competition jitters, man. It's bad. And, you know, you, you just like the second, when you walk into jujitsu venues and it's like roaring, you know, mm -hmm. there's these, there's a lot of Brazilians in the sport, man. And nobody likes to get more hype than like Portuguese. And, you know, they, they just, you know, they're going in and you just hear it and then everything just stops. And, you know, you get this, this feeling in your stomach. And so, you know, when you compete, you look at your competitors in your bracket and you have to look them up. You have to know their game. You have to study them. I know my opponent before I step on the mat. Oh, and wow. it's, it's a very tactical thing. So, you know, I would get nervous. And so I started not to eat as much before I competed. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, was, I was just like really, really focused on just training. And so by the time I actually weighed into the venue... I weighed like 133, I think. And so like my weight just dropped. And uh, so there was like a 17 pound difference between me and the next kid. Now that, that was the closest kid to my division. So like mentally, it just started to like play with me. And, you know, as a seal, Joel was, you know, he's like, hey, you know, you need to you need to get your mental game in check, you know, envision you're on top of that podium. And just imagine your hand being raised and just over and over and over. And so, you know, I was like, all right, I, I'll, I'll try it. And so, you know. <laughs> I go out there and my first match was a battle and you know I I came out with the victory in the end and then I went into my second match and then you know I won that one as well and then you know just like that it was it was you know I was a world champion and you know like I I you know I stood up and I submitted him I think my finals match was like 17 seconds left and mm -hmm. I stood up and I was like wow 
I'm, I'm a world champion. Like, what, what do I do now? And, uh, you know, I, I got my hand raised, and Joel was like, you know what, I want you to go for that absolute title. And if you go, if you can place first, second, or third, you get to compete in the absolute division open weight class. And so, you know, I was like, all right, all right, let's do it. And, you know, I went into the absolute division. I felt really good. I felt really solid. Um, 17 seconds in, I submitted my first opponent, and, you know, I just kept going. Yeah, you know, some sometimes it happens. And, you know, I, you know, I just kept going, and I kept going, and bam, I won my absolute title. And it was it was surreal you know you 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 just look down and you got these two gold medals and you know they're they're like they're they're beautiful it's yeah, the most yeah. beautiful thing you've ever seen in the moment <laughs> and it's like man and you go home and you know there's there's not a lot of world champions in memphis you know we have we have a select few and like joel he's he's like a he's like a powerhouse he won absolute and weight that year as Keep well going on this. Sure this is good. and uh you know it's it's a lot and once you once you get those world titles, you get a lot of recognition. And once once I started coming back, that's when I started to realize like the power of social media marketing. You know, uh, just just putting that picture of me on the podium with a double gold that's a lot to a jujitsu athlete and to mm. a company, and so they see that and it's like instant recognition. And yeah. so you know, I started marketing more. I started getting into social media marketing. And what it takes, you know, started working with companies, sponsorships, and then, you know, I started getting to the point where they could help me with competitions, you know, they, they send you gear, they send you recognition, you know, and, um, you know, you, you kind of balance with and you use each other to kind of, you use companies and they use you to kind of balance out, you know, they send you products and you're like, hey man, you know, you reach out to your friends, you're like, hey, I got this great company, you should try their products, they'll usually give you a discount code, you know, and, yeah. and so I was like really excited because I was like 16, 17 years old, and, you know, <laughs> that was, that was like, I, I felt famous, you know, yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, and, um, and, you know, it was, it was a great feeling and, and I started training more and I started training more and then, these big, we have a lot of jujitsu gyms in Memphis. Like, yeah, in, actually, so I work with um, Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams, yeah, really? Yeah, I work with him, and uh, I I told him because he I found out that he did jujitsu. Right, and I was right. like, uh, yeah, I, I want to do a, a podcast with this kid named Sage, and uh, he was like, <laughs> I know Sage. Yeah, <laughs> Marcus is my guy, man. But yeah, like the like we have like I want to say like five or six. Um, gyms that are jujitsu orientated and when i left memphis i used to train at a place called memphis judo and jujitsu so you know some stuff happened and joel created another gym and we train under a gym called chilka mma in memphis and um you know people came from all over to support and you know we just started training and but because we created a new gym it was obviously smaller numbers so Mm -hmm. we started to you know have to focus, you know, I went from having 30, 40 people in a class to maybe, you know, 20 and then maybe 10, you know, it all depends on the day. Mm-hmm. Some days you'll have 30 people on the mat, another day you'll have four or five, you know. And so, you know, jujitsu is a very challenging sport, but it, I think in a way it, it shaped who I was, you know, and when, like, after the gym split, I wasn't getting quite as great of a training as I used to. Uh-huh. So the next year follow up I went to Nogi Worlds. You know, I was like, let's go for this again, third and fourth title, let me see if I can get it. And, you know, I I had my first match, I felt solid, I just lost it. You know, mm. and that was the end. Didn't place. So, you know, I couldn't do the absolute. And so that was it. Mm. And 
you know, I've, I've competed in more competitions than I can count. And uh, I would say well over 200 tournaments. Each tournament has about three to four fights. So, you know, that's, that's a lot of fights, you know, that's it's a lot. seven, 800 fights. And, you know, I could count how many times I lost. It's, it's less than like 20, maybe 20 tournaments. And, <laughs> what? and well, like that's the thing crazy. was, was that being raised as a kid, you, you just have an advantage. And, you know, if you focus and if you put your mind to the game, then it's, it just changes everything. And so what, what point are you, I mean, you're, you're 18, right? Right. So at 18 years old, you've gone through all these different tournaments and you become an absolute champion. What do you feel like, like what stage in your career do you feel like you're in? Do you feel like, because I don't know the age. I right, know like right. in MMA, you know, you got people like Anderson Silva who are mm-hmm. fighting close to forty, and right. then you got people like Chuck Liddell who were up there uh-huh. in the age. Yeah, and then you have John Bones Jones, who everybody they said he was in his prime at like twenty two or right. twenty three. Mm-hmm. He was young, and but he's still, you know, he's still prime, mm-hmm. maybe. But what age do you feel like people are topping out? I know boxers, you know, they usually top out like. I think late twenties or early thirties or something like that. Do you do you feel like you're still in the learning and uh, developing stage, or right. are you there? I am not there whatsoever. Okay. I I believe that like fifteen through twenty four is is the prime time you have to do anything in life. That is the sport of your youth, where the most opportunities, your mind, your body is just working at its mm-hmm. highest capability. And, you know, MMA is, is a little different. It's it's a different aspect with the striking. You know, we call Jiu-Jitsu the gentle art, so there's never going to be striking or mm. kicking. But a lot of, you know, MMA, UFC, that's an incorporation of Jiu-Jitsu the second you go to the ground. And the, the thing with Jiu-Jitsu is that most people start around 1920. Okay. Like most people start as adults. And so the people that start as teens, let alone kids, have a major advantage Absolutely. over these people that started later because, man, they had the, you know, 12 years old, you have endless energy. You know, you could you could train three times a day and still, you know, be ready to, you know, go <laughs> hang out with your friends yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. And so, you know, I think the only thing that changes as you get older, seeing like I started at a young age and then I kept going is that... Your, your maturity, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's easy to get real cocky, you know, the more you fight, you know, and especially I, I think a lot of athletes are really cocky in the sport. And, you know, it's the thing that changes is you start to realize that what you want. Some people fight for themselves, you know, mm-hmm. they're, it's it's like a one one person sport. And, you know, you have to remember that it's your team and, you know, I would say at 18 years old, I'm just getting started. Okay. You know, I you, I hit a. You that, know, that's scary for your competition. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I hit a plat like I hit a big spike. You know, 16, 17, and then like 17, 18, I hit a little plateau. You know, a lot of jujitsu athletes hit plateaus. You know, just kind of flat lines, and you're not feeling better, but you're not really feeling like you're decreasing. And you're just showing up to the gym, and then. 18 you know hit and you know i moved out because my mom was like man because i wanted to do jujitsu instead of college you know i I felt comfortable in it i felt you know ready and so my mom was like all right that's fine but Mm. you're not staying here so i was like all right you know let me move out and you know then you have to get a job and you know it it takes away from training you know yeah and so it's all it's all lessons in the end and but you know i i say it's just getting started because it's 
it took a second, you know, I, I was, I was like really close to going into the military, you know, I wanted to go into the Navy, I wanted to be a medic, and you know, I love the medical field, and you know, it was, it was like, I really wanted to do it, but I was like, man, I promised myself I would give Jiu-Jitsu a chance, and you know, I, I, it was, it was really hard, because I was like, man, you know, I had the dream of going in the military since I was a little kid, but mm. when you think about what did you actually do for each of your corresponding futures that you want to do, man, I put my life into jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. you know, I gave up a social life, I gave up friends, I gave up, you know, I couldn't date just because it was, you know, no girlfriend wants a guy that's in a gym, you know, all day, you yeah. know, and it, you just can't give them what they want, you know, guaranteed, yeah. and Especially and so, at your age. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, man, you know, this, I, I, I put so much work into this. I am going to see this through. And yeah. that's, that's been my mental, you know, zone recently. And I've just been really focused on what I want. You know, me mm. and me and Joel, you know, he's, he's, he's like a father figure to me. I, I spent more time with Joel on those mats than I did with my own family growing up. And, Dang. you know, and so, you know, me and him are just focusing and focusing and focusing and we're, we're like, it's it's just blowing up you know and joel's been the inspiration because man that dude's been everywhere i think he's a nine-time world champion now you know last year when i lost worlds he won double gold you know he won his weight and the absolute and you know he has fought some absolute legends in the sport and man he just keeps going he's 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 like in his middle 50s and he looks like he's 30 years old man and that's what being in shape will do to you i know and it's crazy and so it's like it's like all right, you see what's possible, mm-hmm. and so why not pursue it? You know, I have nothing holding me back. I have you know no responsibilities, and so you know I'm I'm going to see jujitsu through. And so eighteen, I say, is just taking off. I say twenty one to twenty four is your opportunity to hit the levels. Most of the time, promotions like so you have belt systems in jujitsu, and yeah. every time you compete, you compete at those belt levels. So you go from white to blue to purple to brown to black and then that's only if you're above 16 if you're below that you have kids belts as well because they can't give you a blue belt you know they don't want a 12 year old fighting a 16 year old Mm -hmm. just because he's a blue belt most of the time you can get a blue belt in a year that's that's most of the time because i started at nine by the time like i got you can get your blue belt the year you turn 16. So by the time I got my blue belt, I already had like seven years of jujitsu on there, which is Mm -hmm. where that advantage comes in. You know, you fight people that maybe been only training for like six months or a Mm -hmm. year. And so, you know, um, and, you know, I'm I'm looking like that purple belt's right in the for future. You know, I'm getting ready. You know, I'm at the end of my blue belt phase. Two years is a long time to to have a blue belt if you're actively competing. But I got kind of lazy with it, you know, so I wasn't ready for that. And so just working up and then you have brown black man those are usually purple to brown and brown to black are really quick belts um purple to brown is probably the longest you'll be at a belt and you know once you're 21 to 24 you hit those black belt upper brown belt levels and that's where competition just blows up that's where you can tell whether you can make it in the sport or not because some of the most brutal guys are but what's the most dense belt like there's you know, maybe a hundred people in this and two hundred people competing in that. Right. Like what's the most I would pop- say populated belt? I would say brown because brown belt is just this like pinnacle of you've gone so far, but you're not there yet. You know, oh, black belt is you're there, and <laughs> you know, and 
so brown belt really like sometimes that competition toll just tears down you know i've seen brown belts that have been brown belts for like five years and never won a major competition you know it's just they're training every day but man the level that some of these kids you know they never worked a day in their life and they started when they were five six years old you know and they Mm -hmm. train every single day with gyms that would pay for their flights their food their board and they would just send them out to every competition Living in Tennessee, there's not a lot of competitions, but some of these kids live in California, New York City, man, the competitions are at their front door. Yeah. And so, you know, they just, you know, and so like when you when you get raised in like a local environment and a mediocre competition like team, then you're like, man, how can I ever face up to these guys? And that's that's where it's all heart, you know. I didn't come from the greatest gym, but, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a world champion. Look where I am now. Yeah. And, you know, Joel Gingry, you know, he didn't come from a big gym, but, man, he has beat some of the greatest legends in the sport. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all to your heart, you know. So I say brown belt, you know, is definitely the most dense. And, you know, it's, that's where your heart really comes out. And it's like, how much are you willing to give up for the sport? You know, because you have to make a decision. Do I want to find a life? <laughs> mm-hmm. Do I want to pursue something else? Do I want to get married? Or do I, do I want to, you know, continue with this sport and give it my all? Because yeah. you have to give it your all, honestly. And, and I noticed that is definitely the difference between people who are good at something and then people who are great at something and then people who are, you know, the best. Mm -hmm. And it's that dedication level Mm -hmm. with, you know, I I do music and I see people who, who are just like, yeah, um, you know, we can make a song together. I'm like, all right, cool, man. But it's like, they aren't really dedicated to it. Like I Mm -hmm. am like, you know, I've got my job that I work eight hours a day and then I have schoolwork that I do. And then I do music as like, that's my last priority, you know, Mm -hmm. work first and then school and then my music. But that takes up all of my free time. Mm -hmm. If, if I'm not spending it with my wife, Rachel, then it's music. (laughs) And some people music's like in the back burner. And it's like, man, if you really want to be great at what you do, you've got to put that at the forefront of what you're doing. And especially somebody at your age, where you have the time to dedicate that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And people just need to understand, you know, if you dedicate or if you prioritize your time to, to be dedicated to what you love, then you'll end up, you know, doing what you've done at so such an for early sure. age. For sure, yeah. As you said, some people start, you know, that 19 to 24 or 21 mm. year old age, and you've already accomplished more than what, more than what they probably will ever do before you even reach that <laughs> right right so which is, is like really crazy to think about you know yeah. it's like but i you know blessings blessings are blessings so you know you oh, can yeah. you can burn that opportunity to the ground if you're not careful and so you know you in jiu-jitsu you know you can take whatever whatever character you want but you know the most important thing is you know you got to stay humble and you got to understand that it doesn't matter how big you can get. There's always somebody that's going to step on you in that. Oh, you yeah. know, so you stay humble so that no matter what happens, you know, you're, you're, you always have yourself to come back to. And, you know, you have to remember that because you get these world champions and, you know, they just get an ego and then they hit the black belt level, you know, they were so good and they hit that black level, black belt level and they never win everything and they just quit you know 15 16 years in the sport and they're like nah this is too much and it shows you know it's like so what were you fighting for you know and you know jiu-jitsu's changed my life you know it gave me utmost confidence you know you can walk into a room anytime and you you just know you're confident 
and you know it it creates automatic respect you know mm-hmm. fighting is a respectful sport and you know like you know a lot of people are like so are you good at fighting and you know bruce lee you know said it best it's like, <laughs> man you know if i say i'm bad that'd be a lie but if i say i'm good that means i'm cocky you know oh. and so it's like be humble about it but you know you you fight to the point and you train to the point where you don't have to speak about what you've done mm. because your results speak for themselves that's and awesome. that's that's the pinnacle of the mindset that i tried to go about you know and live my life because that's that's the staple point whether you're in jiu-jitsu or life and you know that's what i want to be remembered for that's dope that's yeah. dope and I, th- I think that people should definitely under understand that know that you're good at what you do but you don't have to Tell everybody, right, right. <laughs> you know, this, oh, this is what I do. This is what I've done. Like, yes, be good at what you do. You know, if you and and teach people, you know, a lot of times people will um, hold back information from people just because they want to say that they, you know, that they have everything. But, and, you know, somebody wants to learn, you know, yeah, teach right. them. But, you know, you don't have to you're not obligated to, you know, mm. to tell everybody everything, mm. you know. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, you know. I guess being in that position that you are, but do, do you, te- you teach yeah, at the, I, oh, I okay. teach kids and I teach beginners. I do privates, you know, I, I do a lot of mentorship to the kids and whatnot. You mm. know, it's, it's a great opportunity to pass down. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, it's about time to wrap up, but thanks you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, man, real. I had a blast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. Um, everybody Sage Bender. Uh, it was awesome to, to have him on and, um, hopefully we can, Maybe do something else in the in the future. I'd be like stoked. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody.